Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, when you can praise him out of your shoes. God is still good, isn't he? Hallelujah. Come on, when a man loses his shoes, God got to be doing something. He didn't even stop to collect them. (laughs) We give God glory. Hallelujah. I know God have to be in here because some men would say, hold up, hold up, wait a minute, I lost something. But that brother right there, he kept on running and he done him a slide in the home base. (laughs) Hallelujah. We give God, come on, y'all, God is just that good. Hallelujah. He's just that good. Hallelujah. 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 Remember the scriptures, lift up your heads, all ye gate, and let the king of glory come in. Hallelujah. Glory. Y'all, I'm just so excited. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead. But now if the Holy Spirit stopped me, I'm not even going to say excuse me. We're just going to keep it moving. Amen. Hallelujah. Galatians, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. Let's try this again. Galatians, the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 13, and I'm going to end at verse 15. Galatians, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 13. Hallelujah. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to read this again. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. I want to talk about called unto liberty. When we look at that word liberty, that means that we're called from the Mosaic law. That means that we're no longer in bondage to the Mosaic law. And Paul went on to say, just because we're no longer up under that law, that means that we should not sin. Amen. So God has put this on my heart, called unto liberty. But before we can really go into what Paul was saying in this verse, we have to look at Galatians 4 to understand what Paul was saying. Now, he was saying we were called unto liberty, and we look at liberty as being freedom, right? But in the Greek, it talks about called from the Mosaic law. So that means that we are free, that we're no longer um, slaves unto sin because Jesus has freed us from that law. Now, that law allowed us to see um, that we were in the need of a savior. How did that law do that? When God told Moses to give them those commands in Exodus 19, 
the laws, the commandments, and all those rules and all those regulations, God had to show them that they could not keep those laws, but he gave them an opportunity to choose. Just like we have an opportunity today to choose. You can only give someone the word, but they have to make the choice whether or not they're going to do the word of God or do what the word says. So here they were up under the Mosaic law. They had to be able to um, know that they were sinning. Now, part of them, all of them, had a controlling force on the inside of them. See, this is what happened. When they say, do not do this, that controlling force, that sinful nature, began to control them and began to compel them to do what the word of God was telling them not to do. So even though they told them not to do it, they end up doing it because of that sin nature that was on the inside of them. But I want to encourage you today that because of what Jesus have done, when we accepted him as our Lord and as our Savior, we no longer have that sin nature that's controlling us, that's compelling us to do what we're doing. But the problem is some of us being saved we're still doing things that we should not be doing but the problem of us doing these things is because we have not come to the realization of who we are now that we're in Christ remember they were in bondage for over 400 and some years and just because they come out of Egypt did not mean that Egypt came out of them what am I saying you are saved you are born again your spirit is what became new your soul your mind and your will and your emotions need to be renewed on a daily basis so you can connect to the real you. If you are not connecting to the real you, it's because you are not renewing your mind knowing who you are now that you're in Christ. The more you renew your mind, the more you'll be able to do what the word of God tells you to do. Because there's a fight going on here. But Paul was explaining this because when we look at, he said, don't give occasion to the flesh because you are out of bondage, because you are free. Some people are using the grace card. You know, he paid the price for me for past, present, and future sins. You hear these ministers on TV, they're talking about grace, for by grace you're saved through faith and it's not of yourself. It is the gift of God. That is true. But we don't want to use that grace card to say just because you are free just because the price has been paid just because you are forgiven that does not give you a license to sin that should not make you want to sin that should make you turn from sin and this is the problem in the house of God in in the church we use excuse we try to justify what we do to keep on doing it to say well God still love me yes he still love you and if you you knew how much he loved you, you would turn from what you're doing. Let me say it again. Yes, God do love you, and God proved that he loved you, and he demonstrated his love. Even before you were worth loving, Jesus laid down his life for you. And if you knew that, and if you have accepted that, when you said, I do, you would turn from what you're doing without anybody telling you. Look at your neighbor say, get it? say I about got it 
So see, Miracle Temple, you ain't got no excuse because once you get this word, you being a hearer of this word, now you expect to do what you're hearing. And I got great news for you. When you feel like you can't, you got a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And you can call on your helper and say, I'm having a problem today in this area of my um, life. I just can't keep my mouth closed. And that's when the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance what the word of God is saying unto you. But the problem is, if you ain't in the word, you're not going to know he's talking. Look at your neighbor, say, have you heard him lately? Or you just thought it was you. I'm just trying to understand, y'all. Somebody help me figure it out. No, don't let me say I'm just trying to understand. I done come to the conclusion of knowing through the word of God that some people just want to keep doing what they're doing and say, I love Jesus. Something is wrong with the picture. The Bible says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And guess what? His commands is not grievous. See, this is what we got to understand. God was putting this on my heart, justifying sin. We got people justifying sins, trying to say what I'm doing. I'm doing it because I curse you out because you curse me out. I slept with your wife because you slept with her cousin. I'm still fornicating because he still loved me and I can still sleep around because that's going to be my wife. Well, can I get a witness? Well, I love her and he loved me. And that means we can turn it up. We can get it out. No. Who told you that? Where have you been? What road have you been traveling? Because it's not in the book. Some people say, oh, Lord, why I come up in in here today? I should have stayed home because I just felt good doing what I'm doing. Now I got to be changed and I got to be transformed. I don't know if I want to accept that because what I'm doing is just too good. Quit making excuses. For what you're doing and trying to make like is right. And some people have built up their mindset to believe that it's so right that they just fuss you out because you bring in truth and they don't like you no more. And they say you living too holy and ain't no way nobody can live like that. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You too holy. You mean I got to give up my good thing. How good is it? Huh? As old people say, huh? Can't be that good to love it more than you love God. Ask your neighbor. Y'all know I'll say it. Who you with? There's some silence up in here today. Can, can I get some? Hallelujah. I know he'll do it. I, He's already done it. Speak, Lord. See, I'm just doing it for myself. It's all right. (laughs) It's all right because, see, I know who I am and I know whom I represent. And I know I'm not going to bring you something that I have not already done. Come on, have you tried him? Come on, because when that flesh wants something, 
that flesh gravitate to what it wants, and then after it get it, it makes an excuse. Oh, y'all, we going somewhere, and I'm going to tell you why it makes an excuse. Because the flesh, it want to love God, but yet it want to be satisfied. Let's say it again. Flesh want to be satisfied with cookies and pork chops and pig feet. And when the blood pressure get up, yet you done ate it. Now you apologize. And see, there you go law and there you go grace. And both of them don't mix. We got to understand what Paul is saying here. See, Paul is talking to these Galatians because it was someone that come in. And they was letting them know, you got to be circumcised. In order to, you know, be a part of the kingdom or to be in the kingdom or to go to heaven. This is what you got to do. But y'all, it's so funny how Paul, not funny, but when you really go in here and you read what Paul is saying, you just laugh. Because Paul was just laying it down so they can understand it. So what Paul was saying in chapter 4, he was saying over here in verse 22 for it is written that Abraham had two sons the one by bondsmaid the other by a free woman check this out he had two sons he had one by a bondswoman and he had one by a free woman the bondswoman represented Ishmael that represented the old covenant that represented the law but the one he had by the free woman was the promise that represent grace so this is what had happened y'all know old Sarah she knew she was old she was thinking within herself I can't produce a child so Abraham get to work I want you to take old Hagar and I want you to sleep with Hagar so I can have a son of course y'all know Abraham done it right so this was called works and that's what the law do law is like self-righteousness you're trying to produce something on your own come on some of us are still working up the law because we're trying to produce stuff on our own to get God to do something I'm here to tell you this morning that God ain't going to do no more than what he's already done you can't work it up in prayer you can't work it up in tongues you can't work it up in paying a lot of money you can't work it up in being on time you cannot work up what's already done on your behalf so they they were trying to work it up on their on their own but this is what God was telling them in verse 24 listen at this which things are allegory meaning an illustration for these are two covenants the ones from Mount Sinai which generated to bondage which is Agar for this is Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answers to Jerusalem which now is is in bondage with her children so we see that when you up under the law you in bondage that means that you cannot be under law and under grace at the same time. And I'm going to give you an illustration of that. In the Garden of Eden, they had everything that they needed. God had given them everything and he had put them in paradise. Can you imagine being in a place, having everything, nothing missing, nothing broken? Everywhere you look, you were satisfied. With everything. That was the Garden of Eden. That was paradise. But then one day, old Slewfoot, Beelzebub, Satan, he come in and he want what they had. And the only way he can get what they had, he wanted that authority. He wanted that right. So see, before then in chapter 2 of Genesis, God had given man a command. 
He was telling man, this is what you, I do not want you to do. He said, I do not want you to eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. One command. So here is the tree. Raheem, stand right here for me, baby. Daniel, stand right here for me. This tree of knowledge of good and evil was right in the midst of the garden. He said, I don't want you to eat from that tree. They had a tree of life. And that tree of life gave them everything that they needed. They could eat from that tree and would not die and would live forever. But this tree of knowledge and good and evil, it was a command. It was just like a law that God was saying, don't eat it. So when Satan came in, this is what he had to do. He's so deceiving and he's still doing the same thing today. He knows that the only way that he can get authority is through you. The only way that he can rule and reign is through you. Yes, he is the God of this world, but you in it, but you're not of it no more. So he have to use you to get what he want um, dealing with the kingdom. So he said, I don't want you to eat from this tree. So he come on in and he began to use the serpent. Come on, he going to use somebody that you think is so good, that know the Lord so well. He going to use Christians. Why would he use a sinner, right? He going to use a Christian. So he's using Eve and he's telling Eve, he said, have God really said? That's where he start out at. Have God really said you cannot eat from that tree? And Eve said, from every tree of this garden we can eat from, but from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, we cannot eat it nor shall we touch it. But the enemy, what he was doing, he was focusing her eyes more on what she could not have than on what she already had. Y'all got to understand what I'm saying. He takes your eyes off of what you already have and he puts your eyes on what you think you need and you need more of it. See, that's what he is. He's greedy. He wants you to focus on what God told you not to do more than on what God told you to do. So Eve began to look at something that she didn't pay attention to. This is where it started. Y'all know what happened to Eve. It was the lust of the eye. It was the lust of the flesh. It was the pride of life. This is what the enemy used to get you entangled with what you don't supposed to be entangled with. So when she looked at that tree and it was pleasant to her eyes, it was good to eat and it would make her more knowledgeable than God. Of course, she's going to say, give me a piece of that. Is that not what's happening in this world today? We want a piece of what the world has because we have not come into the knowledge of what we already got. Let me say it again. We always after what the world has because we think we just don't have enough. Drop a penny. We want more. That's what the enemy made her see is that she wanted more. So he gave her the right to choose. Are you going to continue to eat from this tree of life? Or are you going to grab hold to something I told you not to eat? She grabbed hold to what he told her not to eat. When she grabbed hold of that and her husband partake of it, see a divided house, it ain't going to stand. This is why you got to have someone in that house that's strong in the Lord. 
and in the power of his might because you can't have two saved people in the house but both of them ain't got the same knowledge and the same understanding of the word because if one is in it more than the other the one that's in it the most is going to see far more father than the one that ain't and you're going to collide in the house because the one that's in the word and living the word and doing the word is going to tell the one that's not in it then pride going to come in you don't tell me I'm saved too. You act like you know everything. See, he done went and she done went back under the law. Right? So they ate of that tree. So guess what, Daniel? This is a tree of life. Eternal life. Everlasting life. A life that will not cease. That's from everlasting to everlasting, to everlasting, that has everything that you need where you will live forever. But she chose a tree that would bring death. And this tree represented flesh. It represented doing it yourself and not living by what God was giving you. He already gave you life and life more abundantly. But you said that ain't enough for me. I prefer death. So they chose death and guess what? You know what happened? They had to leave out of the Garden of Eden. You know why he really took them out? Because he said if they eat from this tree of life, they're going to live forever and live in corruption and live in sickness and live in all the things that the world is living in, but they're going to live forever. So we're going to take them out of this garden, and we're going to guard this garden. So how does that refer to us? Here you are in paradise. Here you are with the Spirit of God indwelling you, the Garden of Eden. Everything that you need, you can taste and see. How good it is through going into the word of God, renewing your mind, but yet and still you got an unction in you to say, I don't have enough. I haven't accomplished enough. This is what I need to do to make it right. See, you under the law because God has already made it right. He's already given you everlasting life. He's already given you the plan and a purpose. It's already there. And the only thing you got to do is trust in him. And not in yourself. Thank you, Raheem. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to use you again. So this is what Paul was saying. He said that the bondwoman and the free woman child, they can't stay together. Let me give you an example. After all that Sarah, Daniel, told Abraham to do, can you imagine sending your wife to another man? And said, man, hook her up. I can't hook her up, but I believe you can hook her up and I'll take the child. Is that nonsense? Ain't nothing but the devil. That's all it is, nothing but the devil. So, Abraham did the do. Come out, probably acting like he wasn't smiling. Trying to be a man. So he come on out, the child was born and... Y'all know what happened. Two covenants (laughs) can't be in the same house. See, see, God already made a covenant. He already made a promise to Abraham, but they want to go outside the covenant and they want to live up under law. (laughs) But God had them already, Manny, up under grace. Grace had already, oh, Calvin, grace had already done everything, man. 
Come on, y'all got to realize what grace has done and you quit trying to work it out. They tried to work it out. Work it out. Work it out. Help me. Work it out. Y'all gonna leave me by myself? Work it out. Work it out. Kathy, you know you knew that song. I'm up here trying to work it out and you sitting there and then on end, work it out. Work it out. So old Abraham, he come out and the baby was born and his name was Ishmael and you know, Sarah says she despises me. So guess what? They kicked out of the camp. No, she left. But she came back because God spoke to the angel of the Lord. But y'all know what happened when Ishmael began to grow up and there was Isaac. And how about Ishmael began to mock Isaac, began to make fun of Isaac. And Sarah say, Abraham, you're going to have to get Ishmael out of this house. Ishmael can't stay here no more. Abraham was upset because he said, Ishmael's my son just like Isaac. But see, Abraham had to understand there were two covenants that were together and those two covenants cannot be in the same house. You can't have law and grace coming together because it's not going to work. You got to choose. So God said, do like Sarah said. So he had to send Ishmael out. What am I telling you today? Why are you keeping Ishmael in your house? Why are you allowing Ishmael to stop you from getting what God has already provided through grace? See, what's happening here, and we're going to, I'm going to use y'all again, but thank you. What's happening here, this is what Paul is telling them. God has already freed you. Now somebody is coming in to put you back in a place that God have taken you out of. See, this is what's happening in the church today. People are coming up with rules and regulations saying, if you don't wear this toupee, this white cloth on your head, or these long dresses, nobody will know that you're holy. Those things don't represent your holiness. Those things are representing putting you up under law, saying this is how I have to come to church to let people know who I am. No, 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 no. Holiness come through your spirit. And once you know who you are now that you're in Christ, he said, be ye holy because I am holy. You will live a holy life without tripping over a skirt. Now, if you want to wear long skirts, that's fine. But don't wear them just for you to be noticed because people with them long skirts got more babies than people with the little tutus on. So people are getting their own doctrine. They're getting their own belief. They put you under bondage and say, well, you know, a woman don't need to cut her hair because that's her glory. Oh. Shame, shame, shame. Because if a woman chooses to cut her hair, that don't mean God's going to love her any less. So see, we got to understand the whole point that Paul is making to him, them is you cannot live up under two covenants. You cannot have two masters. This is why the church is not receiving what they already have because you're trying to work it out and then you're still calling on God to do something he's already done and God said, just accept what I've done and let go of what you're doing. Look at your neighbor say, you got it? Or are you getting it? Look at him again and say, shake yourself loose. So the bondswoman had to be cast out. So this is what need to happen today. You got to make a choice. Either you're going to live up under the law or you're going to live up under grace, but you can't live up under both. 
See, the thing is, we say we know what the word says. But if we know what the word says, why are we trying to do something to get God to do what he's already done? When you've been called unto liberty, that means that you've been called from the Mosaic law. And he said, just because we've been called from that, don't use what we've been called from as an opportunity to the flesh. Y'all, I'm getting somewhere. Oh, when I was going over this right here, I was saying to myself, Lord, this is a lot of food, but I eat it. I'll eat it. So I'm going to stop when he tell me to stop for you. But I'm telling you, when you get into it, you'll be like, Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, that's just so good. Let me eat some more of that. Let me go back over here and eat some more of that. Then you're eating some more of that. You're going over here saying, oh, I got to go back over here. I got to eat some more of that. Because Lord, you're showing me what to show the church again. We have too many people trying to do rituals. We're trying to do too many things to get God to do something. We got a time clock. We got a timeline. If I don't do this at a certain time, the devil going to come in. Let me tell you something. Jesus defeated the devil. We're not victims. We're victorious. That means Jesus did everything that needed to be done for us to live in that victory that was already won. That means that you don't have to go out here and try to do something that he's already done. Your job is to live what he's already done. And the only way you can live it is through the word of God. But every time I mention the word of God, I feel so grieved because people act like they don't need it no more. When is the last time you open it longer than a minute? And then we'll say, I know what I need to do. How long did that I know what I need to do last? Because that's how you go back under bondage. Because you try to do something that's already done. But look at what Paul told them. He said, don't use um, liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Why did Paul put that in there? He said, just because you are free from the law, don't use that as an opportunity to sin. But then he goes on to say, but love one another. I'm going to tell you why Paul is saying this. When we look at the flesh, part of those um, attributes of the flesh is not loving one another. It is hatred. It is strife. And when you go into those things, that is the work of the flesh. And if we're not under the law no more, and we're not under those things no more, we shouldn't be acting like they act. We shouldn't be doing what they do. So he said, love one another. And then he goes on to say, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. So this is what he's saying, y'all. If we know the love of God and we know how much God love us and we know that he proved his love he demonstrated his love even while we were yet in sin and we've been meditating on that love then guess what we won't be biting and devouring one another we will come to people and say forgive me I was wrong I should not have said that guess why y'all because under the law there is a commandment that says love thy neighbor as thyself that's part of the law but guess what 
the laws is written in your heart. That's the nature of God. God is love. So if you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you, you don't need to try to memorize no laws. God's nature will help you to do what you're supposed to do without any written law telling you because it's already in your heart because you have the heart of God. So if you're having a problem loving somebody and hate is in you, how can you say you love God and hate your brother that means the love of God is not in you that means you're not born again because whoever is born of God will love because that's part of God's nature in you so if you got all of this stuff in you and you're not letting go of it then that's who you're serving and it's not God you don't come in church and say, oh, how I love Jesus. And you can't even forgive your brother or sister. And you standing up in testimony and say, I love the Lord. He is my friend and he's so good to me. Who want to hear that? When you got a brother or sister over there that you won't even speak to. That you turn your nose up to. Now you full of pride. See, that's part of the flesh. So this is why we as the people of God, we need to know the love of God because love covers a multitude of sin and everything there should be love. So when we say we love somebody, it's coming through God and not through us because we cannot love anybody except through the spirit of God with unconditional love because love don't turn around and hate you. Love loves you outside of you. So ain't no way I can tell my husband that I love him. And the next thing I turn around and say, I sure do hate you. I shouldn't have never married you and I'm saved. Where is that coming from? It is not coming from the nature of God. So there's a block or there's something there that's producing that hate. And I need to get to the root of what's producing that. Because if I don't, it continues to grow and it becomes a stronghold. And I'm held in bondage and everybody is looking at me like I'm not born again. So we need to get rid of these things that we're holding on to, y'all. And the only way you can do it is by knowing who you are now that you're in Christ. And Paul didn't leave them just with that. He was telling them, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. So this is what's happening. To walk in the spirit, meaning that you're doing what God is requiring you to do, but you're doing it through the spirit because you know who you are now that you're in Christ. So walking in the spirit means you know who you are now that you're in Christ. You renewing your mind on a daily basis. And it's not a hard task. It's just what you do because you've been in the word and you're doing what the word says and you're not trying to make yourself do it. It's a normal part of living. So he said, when you walk in the spirit, you're doing the things of God. And that means that you're not going after the things of the flesh. When you're not walking in the spirit, then you are walking in the flesh. You're going after the things of the flesh. What did that do to you? It puts you in bondage. And under the law, there's guilt and there's condemnation. I don't know about you. When you do something wrong, don't you feel beat up on the inside? Don't you feel condemned? Don't you feel guilty? But guess what? Immediately, 
grace steps in. Because grace lets you know you are a new creature. Creature now that you're in Christ Jesus. It's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that lives in you. The Holy Spirit began to remind you of who you are. But see, over here, this condemnation, this guilt and wrong, that's dealing with being under the law. That's dealing with being in bondage. But once you know who you are, you say, God, I admit I did what I should not do. But God, you're not holding that to my charge because, God, you have freed me for that. So, God, I give you glory that I'm free and whom the Son that's free it's free indeed and you're not dealing with all this bondage you're not dealing with all this stuff because you know who you are and you're not getting beat up on a daily basis and you're not letting the enemy beat you up through your flesh because yes God I did fornicate but God you are the one that's my deliverer you are the one God that has set me free God forgive me for what I've done and when you do that you ain't giving the enemy no inroad into your life but that means you don't go back and do it again you don't get another grace card to say oh well let me do it one more time I'm just going to go in one more time. Nobody won't see me. Can I tell you something? God sees you because you took him in on the act. Now, how can you justify that? Do you not know when you do stuff outside of the will of God? It ain't God punishing you. It's the sin that you allowed to come in to punish you because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That means that you open a door for the enemy to bring in whatever he want to bring in, in your finances, in your body, with your children, or wherever it may be. Don't think that you're so in love that it's all right. Because if you're so in love with Jesus, everybody else got to go. And that's when you're going to get persecuted. Because people that say they know him to tell you it's all right because that's your wife. I get it. A counselor say, do you know that's your husband? Girl, do you know that's your husband? Is that, do you really know that's your husband? Has God told you that's your husband? Have he really told you, girl, that that's your husband? Now, if God told you and you believe in your heart that's your husband, then you got to come together as one. Ain't no way that you can be around each other that long and don't make a connection. And you're staying together, ain't you? You're in the same house. Didn't God make a way for you to be in the same house? If he made a way for you to be in the same house, he don't mind you sharing the same temple because he's in him and he's in you. So it's all right if you do that all the time because you, you, you're married that way. See, that you're married. Just do what you do now. You don't have to be ashamed. That's your husband. That's what some people tell you. Some people tell you it's all right. Just go on do to do. God still love you. He already forgave you. Didn't your pastor say he forgive you for past, present, and future sin? He done he gonna forgave you from sleeping with her in 1920 or 1940. He done forgave you for all that. So you might as well catch up through the years. It's all right. The devil is a lie. How can you go outside? Of what the word is saying. See this is why y'all. The more time you spend in the word. The less time you spend in the flesh. 
Let me say it again. The more time you spend in the word, the less time you spend in the flesh. Some of y'all flesh is dominating y'all to the point that you think you're right and you ain't. Some of your flesh got you so dominated that you're saying, I ain't apologizing to nobody. They said what they said to me, so I ain't saying nothing to them. But see, when you in the word of God and the word is telling you to love one another and you remembering what the word said, the Holy Spirit is going to bring it back to you and you going to them and spite of how you feel because it ain't about no feeling see we need to quit going on our he motions and she motions and go on what the word of God is telling us if the word said it that's what you do you don't allow nobody to take you from what you believe boyfriend girlfriend mother father sister brother it don't make no difference if they cast you out then you give God glory and you rejoice because you stood for what was right we got so many conceited people to tell you it's okay to steal it's okay to lie God knows your heart yeah your heart is corrupt it's okay that was a blessing that was no blessing that was a curse. The Lord bless you real good. No, he didn't. You lied. You lied to get that. That ain't no blessing. We got a lot of people saying that's a blessing when you know how you, let me tell you something. You go to the bank, you count your money, and it's over what you know they should have gave you. Some people, Lord, I thank you. That was a blessing. I knew I should have showed up here today on time. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. An extra hundred. Thank you. And you're saved. That means that flesh is dominating the spirit because did y'all know you can shut the spirit off to the point that you know the spirit want to talk, but you kind of hold back and try to override what he's saying and do something else. Come on, somebody. You override what it's saying because you don't want to hear what it's saying, Mitch. You want to do what you want to do. So you're trying to get peace within yourself. And it ain't the peace of God. So you take off with that $100 bill knowing it ain't your Honda. And then you call somebody and say, the Lord bless me today. Why you lying on God? Why am I saying that? Because me and my husband went through the drive-thru. And he told me to count that money. We counted that money. It was over the amount. We said, wait a minute now. We backed up, come back around, and told the lady, you gave too much. She was grateful. Can I tell you why you do that? Not to get something from God, but that's who you are. And then when you do that, the Bible says that if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. So if you sowing that to your flesh, you're going to get what you sow. Y'all don't read? So why are you trying to say that's a blessing? Whatever you sow to the flesh, that's what you're going to get. That's why your focus should be on who you are now that you're in Christ. Every day you should get into that word to know the real you. And that's the only way you're going to know the real you. We got too much mess going on in the church and everybody say they know Jesus. And can't even come together as one. Everybody got their own opinion. Y'all, it's time for us to realize that we cannot serve two masters. We have to make a choice. And I got something to tell you. When you truly want to serve God, not because somebody else is. I'll give you an example. Me and my husband, um, when we were married, both of us was in sin. But then when I found Jesus, 
the love of my life. I wanted him to have what I had. And every day I would try to push Jesus off on him. See, that was the law. Trying to push it off on him, telling him this is what you got to do. This is how you got to do it. Even with him speaking in tongues, I said, just do this. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on now. Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's going to come in a minute. Jesus, 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 Jesus. So I'm trying to work that up myself instead of doing what the scriptures say. Come on, y'all done done it. Y'all probably got your own word. But anyway, so I was trying to get him to grab hold of what I had. And y'all, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Because he let me know he's going to be one through the word of God that's coming through you in the life that you live. So I left him alone. For real, y'all. And when the manifestation starts showing up in my life, one day my husband come to me. He said, uh, I want to get saved. Y'all, I forgot the plan of salvation. Didn't know how to lead him to Christ because I what? It was unexpected because I just went on about my life. I enjoyed Jesus. And this is no lie, y'all. When that man accepted Jesus, everything just got cut off. Now, he, he could curse. I couldn't curse. He could curse. He would play that music and pump it up. But when I got saved, that man respected who I was. Music wasn't on in the car. He respected who I was because I didn't try to push Jesus on him no more. I just lived who I was. And he knew what I would do and what I wouldn't do because that was my life. So when he turned his life over, y'all, and we began to come together in him, our whole household began to change. And then when we get in little spats, he go to his room, I go to mine, but we come and meet in the middle and said, I'm sorry. But it'll get to a time, y'all, when you ain't going to want to say you're sorry. Or when you say you're sorry and they won't say nothing. Then you got to go right back where you came from. And that's what I did. See, I, I was in there saying, okay, Lord, and the Lord ministered to me. He said, if he never say he's sorry, you say you're sorry. Because you know who you are now that you're in Christ. It ain't you that live. But it's Christ that live in you. He need to see the God that's in you. And then I said, okay. Y'all know what we do. He know our thoughts are far off. He said, but keep your butt out of it. What was he saying? I was going to go in there and say, I'm sorry, but you? See, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and let you know. So I went out and I did it. That man didn't tell me he was sorry. I just went on back in there, Jesus, I done what you told me. See, we go to him and cry and tell him what we done. But the next day, God had worked on his heart. What am I saying to you? We cannot, as Christians, be glorifying the flesh. Because when you let the flesh rule in your life, and you saying you love God, but you still doing fleshly things, uh-uh, you can't serve two masters. You cannot do that. And when you, this works of the flesh in Galatians 5. And when you look at the works of the flesh, and if you see some of that hanky-panky going on in your life, this is what you need to do. You need to realize God loved me so much that Jesus took care of all of this for me. So I don't have to do these things that I'm doing because of his love, because of what he's done for me. Is the enemy going to make you feel guilty and wrong? Yes, he is. He's going to make you feel like you're not saved. But this is what you remind yourself. I know who I am. But the key is, is to turn and don't go back to what you're doing. Because if you keep going back to what you're doing, you are sowing to the flesh. And if you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. 
So we as Christians have to stand. Are you going to fall when you're in this world? Yes, there's not a person in here. I get so tired of people say, I don't do that, but you done this. I don't sleep around. You may not have slept around, but you lied. So what make you any different from the one that slept around? Sin is sin. The only difference with fornication and adultery is that you're entering on the inside. You're connecting with that person. You are defiling the temple of God. You're allowing God to lay there in the act. Do you know how that hurts God? When God said that I'm indwelling you and you're committing the act of sin and you know I hate sin. Do you know what that does to God? And some people say it's okay. It is not okay. You tell people truth. And if people don't want to receive the truth, you told them truth, but you don't allow that. I love my children. Oh, yes, I do. I'm going to get like color purple. (laughs) I love them now, y'all. I love my children. We ain't going to be no hanky-panky going on in my house. Mm-mm. You must done lost your mind. I'm going to help you find it. In love. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do it, you go do it on your own. But as for this house, we're going to serve the Lord because I ain't dealing with darkness up in here. Jesus is about light. Because guess what? If you walk in the light, you will expel the darkness. And if you're walking in the light and it's been going on in your house, soon as the light hit the house, whoa, glory, something right up in here. And the Holy Ghost will reveal who been in there, where they laid, and what they done. Come here. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But understand, when they get of age, They have to make that choice. But as long as they're with you and up under your authority, I say this. I don't care if they're 50 in your house. Who you think you is coming up in here and think you can lay around with somebody? I don't care if you're 50, 60, or 70. Get your 50-year-old behind up and out of here. I love you. And God does too. Not in this house. And then we go out and talk about Jesus and our house is messed up. Oh, let's try the different rooms. Try staying up all night. Oh, glory, where you going? This ain't working either. Like a tree. Besides the river. Of living water. I shall not. Be moved. You know why? Because you meditate. Y'all if you don't want to be moved. I double dog dare you to meditate day and night. On the word of truth. Whatever weakness is in your life. I double dog dare you. To meditate in the word. Concerning that weakness. And you won't be bothered. Well you will be bothered. You'll come and get tried again. But you'll know how to stand through it. There's not a person in this room. That have not been tried. By some of them works of that flesh. But that's why it tells you to flee fornication. Why you just can't stand there. And look at that woman. Wow. What? See, you taking it all in. Go on sleep with her because you done saw yourself. You done stood there too long. You better. 
as for me and my house. No, as for me and my wife. This is for real, y'all. You've been called unto liberty. And you've been called unto liberty not to give opportunity to your flesh. And this is why we have to keep our mind renewed on a daily basis and knowing what he has already done so we won't go back into what we should not be going into. Do we still love? Yes, that's why he was saying this. We still love. We still show love. But we give people truth. And if people turn away from you because of the truth, oh well. You gave what the word said. Y'all, it's time to stand in that liberty. This is what it says in um, the beginning of the fifth chapter. It said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You got to stand in that liberty. And that means what Paul is saying too. You do not have to try to work something out. You know, there was a person that did have a problem with fornication. Terrible. They thought a cold shower would help them. <laughs> but this is what happens when that old sinful nature die, it leaves behind some habits. And those habits have to be dealt with through the word of God. And the more you get into this word, the more you cleaning yourself, not with a shower. <laughs> But you're cleansing yourself through the word of God. You're putting that body under subjection. I want to give you a nugget. Do not fast to get something from God. You fast to put the body under subjection so you can receive what you already have. I'm going to say it again. You do not fast to get anything from God. You fast to put your body under subjection to receive what you already have. We got too many people trying to do things to get things when God has already done everything. So if you're having a problem um, in your life in any area, yes, you can crucify that flesh by not giving that flesh what it want but it has to be through prayer and through the word of God you cannot be praying without the word you cannot go into the word without prayer because you need to seek him while he can be found y'all I am so grieved because this is I'm telling you I love the Lord I love him and I want to be so free in him that I don't have to try to prove myself to anybody. I'm just who I am in him. I don't have to live holy this day and live like a heathen this day. I am what I am now that I'm in Christ. I don't have to try to be big this day and be humble this day. I'm just who I am that I'm in Christ. If you see me this day, this is how I'm going to be this day. If you're out there doing your thing, don't be trying to hide it. Just do it don't hide it because you ain't hiding from God some people go what they say the freaks go out at night there's darkness people try to not be seen in the in darkness but God see you God see you whatever is drawing you to that you have to leave that y'all let me tell you something I hear this in my spirit where they grown you shouldn't have to tell them they grown, but wait a minute. I don't care how big that jolly green giant get back there or how grown he get. Whatever the Lord tell me to tell him, I'm going to tell him, but he got to make the choice. That means the blood is off my hand. Now, if he don't do it, I can live in peace because I told him what thus says the Lord. See, the problem is we want to be friends with our kids. We want to act like a friend instead of a mother and a father and say, wait a minute, let me tell you why I'm telling you this. 
because this is who I am now that I'm in Christ and he loved me so much he died for me the Bible said the wages of sin is death I should have been the one that died but because he loved me he died for all of my sins and I don't want you to die when you don't have to when he already made the way of escape so the more you go this way you're going towards death but the more you go towards the light you're going towards life and baby you think you have life now but in Jesus you don't you have death I don't know about y'all I don't want nobody walking in death this is why this pastor come hard but come in love why I don't want to see nobody thinking it's okay to do what you do this is why I bring correction even when people come to me I remember somebody come to me and I was listening to them I was just silent on the phone listening and all of a sudden after they finish I Begin to give the word. That's what I'm talking about. You always taking up for people. I said, wait a minute. I said, I'm telling you what the words say. When you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm not going to stand up here because I know you and been knowing you. When you're wrong, you're wrong. I don't want to see nobody go to hell because the goodness of God leads to repentance. This is what God has done. This is not what I'm saying. This is what the word is saying. And if you don't want to accept that that's you, I'm not changing because of you and because of how long we've been knowing each other. I talked to you later. I said, okay. I ain't got time for that phone. Okay. Then they'll call you back. Talking smooth. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you? My, I ain't changing. That subject come back up. I ain't changing my testimony because you want to give me a pack of baloney. I ain't changing my testimony because you want to bring me a pair of shoes. Bring the shoes, I'll wear them, but I ain't giving them back because I ain't changing my testimony. Shoes ain't going to buy me, bologna ain't going to buy me, steak ain't going to buy me. Million dollars ain't going to buy me. Already been bought with the price. Somebody said, million dollars, pastor, million dollars. Come on, let's just be honest, because that million dollars going to leave you. But one thing I still have is Jesus. He'll never leave me. Y'all, some people think I'm just butt crazy. I'm just telling y'all the truth. Some people don't even want to come up in here because they say, if you come up in here, you're going to live right. No, I'm going to tell you what the word of God said. It's up to you whether or not you want to live right. And if you don't want to, that's you. I just gave you the truth. It's so many people turning people away from Miracle Temple. She'll tell you all your business and she'll tell you about this and she'll tell you about that. She probably ain't living that holy. Do I have a big mouth sometimes? Do I fuss you out sometimes, Jeremy? Say yes. I'm human. Do I apologize? Yeah. Do I do some things I shouldn't do? Mm-hmm. But when the Lord, the Holy Spirit, let me know, I can't go to, to wait till it get dark. Jordan, I can't wait till it get dark to call you. I can't lay down at night and snore and then, oop, forgot to call Joanna. No, I got to do it before I go to sleep because I don't know if I'm going to wake up, Manny. I got to make sure. Not doing it because I'm trying to 
make something right. I'm doing it because, Julia, I know it's right. So I can't sit there and lay beside my husband and hate on him. I got to get up. We got to talk. We, we can't lay here like that. Come on, let's talk about this thing. One thing about a man. What's wrong? <laughs> Over that snoring, get up. We're going to talk about this thing. Because, you know, a woman won't close her eyes. She'll be over here with her back turned mad. <laughs> Wake up. I got something I need to say. Know what I mean, Calvin? <laughs> you ain't going to sleep up in here. Says so he had no peace up in here tonight. We're going to get this situated. Can we wait 10 in the morning? No. The devil's out. Let's put him back up. <laughs> See, that's how you handle things. But some people can go to bed angry and act like nothing ain't went on and get a good night's sleep, Miss Joy. Sleep good, snowing, and start in the morning where they left off and think that it's all right. Come on. Think that it's all right and keep on going like, Patricia, ain't nothing happened. Hey, baby, how you doing this morning? I fixed your breakfast. I ain't eating that. Come on, here you go. Then you switch plates. Come on, people act like it's normal. Don't bring it up. Evangelist again. Then it sit there and fester to the next episode. Then that episode on top of another episode, then you hit them with the fire. You remember what you've done, don't you? I ain't forgot what you've done. Never will forget what you've done. You ain't nothing but a bald head rascal. I'm tired of living like this. I shouldn't have married you just like my daddy said. You're just like your peoples. <laughs> well, baby, I thought we was all right. We were never all right. Where did you get that from? Don't you remember what you've done? <laughs> Woman done went psycho. And in church... Running across the floor, singing on Judah, giving God glory, falling out, then going home, living like a heathen. But it's all right. It's all right, church. That's what people say. It's all right. It ain't all right. That's not who we represent. And that's not who we are. So I'm telling you today. That God called you unto liberty and whatever your weakness is in the flesh before you connect with another person, deal with you. Because if you don't deal with you, you're going to end up doing stuff that you were doing before because you ain't got it the way it need to be gotten yet. Some of us think, oh, oh I'm okay in that area. The enemy has set you up for you to fall even harder. You got to run from these things. You got to be secluded. You got to stay close to him. So I want to ask you something. Ask your neighbor, say, why did you get saved? Say, do you know? Say, is it because of what he done or because of what somebody else did? Do you know people get saved for the wrong reasons? My wife got saved. Now I'm going to get saved because she got saved. There ain't a good reason. You got to get saved because you know that Jesus paid the price for you just like he paid for them way back on Calvary. You can't look up to them for your salvation. You got to look to him 
We got too many people trying to fit into a group that's saved and you know your heart ain't been given. Oh, we got to open up the altar today. We got people that came to him for the wrong reason. If you came to him to get something, got something to tell you, you already had it before you came. You coming to him because you know what he's already done and how much he loved you. You're not coming to get. He's already paid the price. You coming because you know you're in the need of a savior. You cannot do it by yourself. Some of us is going through depression, oppression. We're going through all kinds of things in our lives, and we're trying to find it in people. People cannot take that off of you. Jesus already took it off of you, and if you're looking for somebody to bring you satisfaction, then I'm going to tell you something. You better go check your salvation. Nobody can satisfy you like Jesus because the moment that person do something to you, you feel like your whole world has crumbled. But when you holding on to him, Daniel, and you know what he's done, you're saying, God, I got everything that I need. And you begin to pray for the person that hurt you, that disappointed you, baby. God is even yet mending you. He's mending your broken heart, dealing with your past, dealing with your family, dealing with everything that have brought you to the place that you was. Deal with those weaknesses. Deal with what the enemy is trying to throw at you to keep you from coming into the place that God wants you to be in. Y'all, I'm telling you, we work too hard. We work too hard for what we already have. Only thing we need to do is connect to it. Connect to what you have. How do you know what you have? You got to go into the word of God. You got to take these sermons. You got to go back through them and say, God, you said I already have it. God, show me what I already have. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So God, I accept what you have given me. I accept this newness of life. Holy Spirit, show me how to live in this newness of life. You're here to help me. If you want help, he'll help you. So today, this altar is an altar of sacrifice. This altar represents giving up you, letting go of everything. Guess what, Quan? You don't have to do it no more, baby. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to try to get it worked out. Your load is you trying to work it out. God says it's a finished work, baby. I know my plans that I have for you. Those plans are for a hope and for a future. You're tired because Quan is still trying to do it. Let go and say, God, I accept everything that you already done for me. God, you already know my beginning. You already know my end. You already know the in between. So as long as I'm connecting with you and your word, only thing I have to do is rest. Y'all ever heard that thing? Rest. Rest in him. 
when you're resting in him, you're resting, Daquan, in what he's already done. That means I don't have to try to do this or do that to get it done, but I'm resting in his promises because I know that those promises have already been fulfilled, but I'm going to get ready to walk in the manifestation of what he's already done. Rest in healing, rest in deliverance, rest in prosperity, rest in joy because it's already done. God is saying, how can people rest when they don't know his promise? See, we tell people to rest. It's my rest. I believe I'm getting eight hours. <laughs> I believe I'm sleeping all night. See, you don't know what the word is saying. The Bible said that they could not get to the promised land because they were not resting in him. They were in unbelief. They were not taking him at his word. When you take and daring at his word, you rest in. When you walk, you rest in. When you lay down, you rest in. When you get up, you're resting because you're thanking him for what he's already done. That's rest, baby. Even in the midst of the storm, Manny, you're resting. Why? Because God, you say these are your promises. So I'm fully persuaded at what you told me last night. You have already done it. So I can rest in it. I can walk in it. I can live in it laying because I'm resting in him. Some of us say we know rest, but rest don't have you over there trying to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. Some of them say, yeah, I believe Jesus. He's a plow on my knee. Oh, Brother Ray, can I borrow the plow? Just a hundred. I'll pay you back when I can. So as soon as I hear that, yes. Hallelujah, I'm resting. Because I got it. Right? Y'all know what I mean. When somebody, when money coming, you feel a peace. <laughs> come on, come on, let's just be honest. Y'all, let's just be honest. Peace like a river. Brother Cliff, there come my soul. <laughs> when you say you rested in God, I'm, I'm going to close on this one because God is telling somebody this one. When you say you resting in God and you saying, yeah, God got it. Yes, he do. Yes, he do. God got it. He already supplied all my need. You just talking that talk. Go to the mailbox. See that money. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, you do. Let's just be honest. That's what we call the perfect rest. Because <laughs> I got the money in my hand. God wants you to rest when you don't see it, Brother Willie. I don't see it, but I'm at rest. Because my God is not man that he should lie. Y'all, come on. We, we're just being honest. I don't know about y'all, but I had a perfect rest too when them checks come. I did what you did. I called on Jesus, and I felt like Jesus sent my help through that check and I was at peace then I was smiling my face wasn't all messed up and I can put on some makeup now and you want me to go to you want to go to dinner evangelist I'm resting why didn't I ask her to go to dinner before the check came come on let's just be honest I ain't got nothing never will have nothing what you calling here for talking about a donation donation you need to be giving me some kind of donation for just showing up then when the money come how much you say you need? <laughs> Come on, church people. Give God a hand clap of praise. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? And all the time, God is good. Hallelujah. So we've been called under to liberty. Amen. And we're not going to use that liberty for opportunity of the flesh. So, Father, we thank you that on this day, 
that the people of God have heard the word of God. And we thank you that their hearts are open and receptive to receive this right now rhema word that you have sent to the body of Christ. God, I bind every hindering spirit, God. I bind every mind-boggling spirit, God, that will want to come in, God, to take this word, God, before this word gets into their hearts. And I thank you and I praise you right now for healing in this place. I thank you, God, that you have come to heal the brokenhearted and you have come, God, to bind up all of their wounds. And we just honor you and we glorify you on today and we say thank you, Jesus, for what you have already done. And God, we let go of law. And God, we accept today what grace have already done. We already have what we need. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We're going to do this simple exercise and we're going to go with our announcements and tithes and offerings and we're going to dismiss. When we enter a rest of God, we have a surety of what God has done. And I want to say this. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. When I mention this altar here, it's an altar of sacrifice where, you know, they had the, the animal up here and they put their head on that lamb and by them putting their head on that lamb, they were saying, this should have been me and not this lamb. So it was a sacrifice that was given on the behalf of the people. Those in this place today that have recognized, truly recognized what God have done through what you have heard. The only thing I need for you to do is walk to this altar and walk back saying, God, I'm leaving all of me and I'm accepting all of you and what you have done. That is just a symbolic act, y'all. That's an act of faith recognizing, God, I have been trying to do it myself. God, I have been trying to work it out myself. But now that I'm in you, I'm letting go of all of this. And God, I'm willing, I'm ready to accept what you have done. Amen. Athea. I to you. Come on, the bondage is over. It's over. Everything you need, now that you're born again, is already in you. Come on, let go of everything you've been holding on to, whether it's strife, whether it's hate, no matter what it is, you let go of it. Let go of it. And let God do what he needs to do in your life. Come on, by you holding on to it, you holding on to that more than you holding on to God. Come on, God want all of you. He don't want nobody before him. Have no idols, have nothing before God. Come on, let's let go of everything. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, Lord, I surrender to